Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of our special Survivor series. Today we have episode 2 of 3 and we're going to be going over the next set of quick-ish killer counters for the next set of killers with none other than Yule. Hopefully we go over a killer that you've maybe been having a hard time going against and if we don't and haven't yet we'll be getting to them in the next and last episode in two weeks time. So once again let's get right back to where we left off. So Freddy is an M1 killer who can teleport around the map to any incompleted generator. He can set snares or fake pallets, and being in the dream world is where he really makes use of his powers. So what counters do you see for him? With Freddy, you, once again, information is like very, very important with the snares and the pallets because right off the rip, fake pallets, I, gen I generally consider it to be a tad bit more challenging than snares just because with fake pallets, there's a lot more mind gaming involved because unless you specifically like unless you've seen the area before like that you're running while you're not asleep you're not gonna know for certain which pallets are real and which pallets are fake so to that extent i would say use if he's not running a red paintbrush i would recommend you run around the map like at least once just so you can like make a little mental note of where each pallet will be obviously you can't keep track of every pallet obviously it's not possible but look, but especially in the area that around you where you're doing a generator, look around and see which pallets you have to work with. A good perk for this would be called would be Windows of Opportunity that was buffed long. That was that actually got a buff like pretty not, not recently at all, but it was like many, many months back. I would say it's closer to a year now. But if you haven't used it somehow since that point, uh, Windows of Opportunity instead of every 20 seconds, it's now permanent. So windows so you are constantly able to see with where you have your pallets and where you have your windows now one of the downsides to windows of opportunity is that it doesn't show you the difference between fake pallets and real pallets in the dream world so your main use of windows against freddy would be to take note of where each real pallet is each real pallet is while you are not asleep and speaking of being asleep i would say wake each other up the first few times whenever you can because it obviously takes longer to wake from what i remember if i remember correctly the more people you wake up the longer it's going to take the next time to wake somebody up so gradually as more and more people wake up the time to wake each other up is going to increase more and more so do it while you can while the cooldown is short just so you guys can avoid the dream pallets and the dream stairs for as long as you can but if you are if you can't find a clock if you cannot find um one of the clocks around the map that can wake you up um fail a skill check <laughs> blow up a generator injure a teammate do something to uh to uh, wake up and if you can't if you can't find a clock sure that's going to alert the killer but on the bright side you're not going to be asleep um but yeah there was also a very infamous bug with freddy that i remember it was either a year ago or close to a year where he could actually be stunned with his dream palettes if you timed it properly 
And it was consistent as well. It wasn't like this one-off random bug where like you get pixel perfect timing, you slam it down on his face and it's like somehow magically stuns. No, this was consistent. Um, if you look up a YouTube video of Freddy getting stunned by dream palettes, I'm pretty sure you can still find the footage on YouTube, but it was by far the most ridiculous time to be playing Freddy was around that point was where your dream palettes, if you had survivors that knew how knew when to drop them, they would literally be working against you. Like dream pallets would be real pallets. You would be essentially providing survivors with dozens upon dozens of real pallets that they could use against you. Um, but yeah, also take into account that depending on what add-on Freddy has, he can also fake his teleports. And what I believe, I believe the add-on is called class photo. I believe that's what it's called. Uh, the one that allows him to fake his teleports. Uh, once you figure out, if you are playing with a Swift, once you figure out that he has that fake teleport, take that into consideration as well. Um, and to this end, I would recommend actually running Spine Chill since you are oblivious when you are in the dream world. And Spine Chill will allow you to tell you when he's looking at you and if he is trying to channel to your generator and he's close enough and he is using fake teleports, Spine Chill can be a very good way to tell whether or not he's actually going for your generator for real. The pig can be strong in the right hands and has a dash ability that can juke and get the hit. What counters do you have for her? With the pig, again, the pig is going to have, depending on like what what their playstyle is, they're either going to be very mind gameable or not at all. So a mind gameable pig will crouch around loops, and the reason why I don't recommend you do this is like as a pig as a pig is because you can the survivor can literally just WQA. Like I do this against killers like Blight and Pig who uh, will like idle in one position, crouch or like try to crouch around different loops because when you are crouched, your movement speed is reduced, right? It's not just you go invisible, your movement speed is reduced. And a good survivor will take that movement speed penalty reduction to W key to a different loop. And then you either have to choose to either commit to the dash or to cancel the cancel the crouch and just stand back up again. And in both cases, you're going to lose time because if the survivor W keys the millisecond you go down, you're not going to hit the dash. Like they're going to get to a different loop. They're going to run for the run for the hills as soon as you go down and crouch. So and that would be one good good counter to pig if they like crouching around loops. Don't hold the loop. Don't try to mind game the loop. Just run away. Another, and in that end, that essentially also makes Pig kind of a stealth killer because of that ability. So Spine Shield, again, Spine Shield is king. That's the rule against stealth, stealth killers. Um, another counter to Pig would be to, if you're playing with a Swift, time your generator pops. What I mean by this is if you see somebody went down, Either pop the generator before the pig puts the hat on or wait to pop the generator until after you unhook your teammate and they get the hat off, depending on how close you are to the final gate. And you'll see this a lot of time with a lot of the more competent pig players. They aren't going to key, they aren't, they aren't going to use up all their, their, their head traps at the very start of the game, but rather they are going to keep them for the very, very end. So that way there is a lot, so that way when they're like a survivor's like one or two generators down and they pop them, they're not going to be able to get out. So good pigs are going to save their traps right before the end game hits. So like between one to two generators. 
And that's also the point, the critical point for survivors where if they do go down and they do have a trap, they need to get that trap off before the gate goes off because once the gate goes off and you open up the gate, you're on a timer. It's no longer take however much time you need. It's very, It becomes very much a fight against the clock. So my recommendation would be against pig. Don't, don't rush, right? Don't rush. Take it slow. If you do see a teammate is hook, is uh, has a hat, has a party hat on and it's like closer to five generators, you can pop the gen, but if you see that uh, teammate has a party hat on and they're closer to like two generators or one gener generator left, prioritize removing the party hat because the pig also has a fixed number of party hats. They're, it's not unlimited. So if you also know that, uh, well, another counter directly would be if you know that she runs out of party hats, you could just pretty much run through all the generators. Once the pig runs out of party hats, she just becomes a stealth killer. She just becomes like a budget stealth killer with a small speed up ability after she becomes uncrouched. That's, um... The clown is another M1 killer who can slow you down and cause disorientation with his bottles. And if used correctly, he can cause problems. So how do you deal with him? So... Clown... With Clown, I, I will confess Clown is probably my um, my worst killer to play against just because I despise clowns. I despise them with a burning passion. But I would say a good strategy for Clown is just to hold W key, honestly. Um, you can mind game the pallet if he does throw gas at you. Remember that um, when you're gassed near a pallet, you're... You don't throw the pallet any slower, pretty much. So you can very much like look for the clown to see which way he goes. If the clown is a lot more inexperienced, they're just going to go straight for you because they think that you're not going to see them through the smoke. But a more experienced clown will bait the pallet drop and go around. So if you if you get the feeling you're playing against a newer clown, pre-drop the pallet, right? Or like wait for them a little bit and then draw slam the pallet down as soon as they get close because oftentimes they're going to walk into it. If you're playing against a more experienced clown, um... Wait off on that pallet drop. Don't drop it down right away. Let them double back. Uh, play the mind game. Remember, you're going to be right next to the pallet and you are going to, like, as soon as you hit spacebar, it's pretty much going to be down. And the pallet's going to be instantly going down. So just keep that in mind, right? Keep in mind that you're still dropping the pallet at the same speed. Um, But yeah, no, W keying and playing pallets is like the only really strong, strong suggestion that I have against Clown. If you know he has Redhead's pinky finger, uh, spin around. Don't uh, don't let him hit you. Do 360s. Do all sorts of unpredictable, unconventional, maniacal stuff just so you don't get hit by those bottles. Because if you get hit by one, it's like an instant down. It's death pretty much. Um, one counter perk that there is to clown that I am aware of is is um, again calm spirit. Uh, you've uh, if you guys have watched the last episode, you will you will have heard me reference this perk quite a bit. But Calm Spirit can provide, prevent you from screaming once, once you get hit by the clown bottle. And unlike the doctor, there's no indicator on the portrait when you get hit by a clown bottle. So if you do get hit by a clown bottle, if you're in their gas then and you have Calm Spirit, you're not going to scream. So as far as the clown is concerned, you might as well not exist. So if you are a Gen Rush player or if you are somebody who just values their stealth, Calm Spirit would be a good counter against the clown. The spirit is able to phase around the map unseen and can make it hard for survivors. So what do you think is a good counter for her? Spirit is another one of those competitive killers that like people can play at the highest tier and it's a good reason. Spirit is an extremely strong killer and she has a very high skill cap. So 
With spirit, the two the biggest counter you can possibly bring to a spirit match is Iron Will Lucky Break. Or Iron Will off the record, I believe, or Iron Will Lucky Break or Iron Will off the record or Lucky Break off the record. I don't remember which one of those two combos is the correct one, but one of those two. And Iron Will Lucky Break. The reason being is because once a spirit phases, they're not going to be able to see you. They're going to be able to see where your blood is. Uh, but depending on, um, they're going to be able to see where your blood is, and they're also going to be able to see like changes in their terrain, in their environment. Meaning, if you know, if you run past a patch of grass and it ruffles and it like ruffles on your end, it's going to ruffle on the spirit's end as well. So it's going to move on both your end and the spirit's end. So a good spirit will won't so much be looking at her surroundings. She's going to be looking at the ground to watch for movement and for blood puddles and all the telltale telltale giveaways that survivors there. And it's for this exact reason why Iron Will Lucky Break is so strong because Lucky Break, as soon as you get hit the first time, you're not going to be leaving any blood puddles. Iron Will is going to prevent you from actually making any noise to uh, while injured. So the spirit will have no auditory cue ver from your survivor as to where you are. The only kind of cue she's gonna have is you know, where are uh, like the grass that around you, like how it, like where it moves and whatnot. Oh, I've seen a lot of advanced spirit players just follow the direction in which the grass is moving and just swing at like where the grass is moving towards. And oftentimes they're going to get the down that, that way. But yeah, um, if you want to get a little bit more crazy, I would say overcome is the perk, I believe. It's the perk that allows you to... Um, Gain a lot more of a burst of speed after you get M1'd. Use Overcome, Lucky Will, Iron Break. Uh, Chase is pretty much instantly going to be over a good... Like, one every one of, one of every two or one of every three chases will pretty much instantly be over. Especially, that's going to be especially the case with inexperienced killers who don't know how to deal with the combo and who don't know, like, where the survivors could have possibly gone because you're you're literally robbing them of all the information, right? You, you're denying them auditory information, you're denying the visual information, and then you get as far away as possible after you get M1. So it's like, the killer is left to pretty much take a coin flip on where you went if they're inexperienced. And... Another thing I would say is... You can also hear when the spirit's close to you in phasing. So you can actually tell based off the audio where she is more or less when she's phasing. If she's to your left, if she's to your right, if she's in front of you, if she's behind you. And using that information, you can pre-draw pallets. So there have been like, you can, I'm sure you've seen those clips on YouTube where like people can drop the pallets on the spirit and stun them out of their phase. You can very much do that. You can also pre-draw pallets in order to uh, beta swing. Typically speaking, if you get the timing right, you're either going to stun the spirit or she's going to swing and hit the pallet. But um, yeah, just use your, you you need to use your own ears as well. It's not just the spirit that gets an auditory advantage, you kind of get one as well. And yeah, mind games. Mind games always. Double back on your own scratch marks. Um, vault, slow vault windows, slow vault pallets, run around, spin around in circles in one spot and then go in one direction. Because the spirit can't see you, it's going to be very difficult to tell where you're going based off all of that. So, yeah, mind games are very, very strong. So the Legion has just faced some major reworks to his frenzy and add-ons. But his frenzy can be hard to deal with at times. So how would you counter him? 
First of all, of Legion's new theme is absolutely amazing. I love it. It's I love everything about it. Now, moving on to dealing with the actual kills themselves. So, with Legion, well, Legion is known for infamously known for one thing: injuring everybody on the map without breaking a sweat, like putting in them into deep wound state. And for this reason, because of the power, oftentimes it is actually better to not heal up because you're wasting it, you're wasting time. Unless the Legion has Thanatophobia. If the Legion doesn't have Thanatophobia, then there's no point in healing up because you're there's no point. You're gonna get injured anyway. And more importantly, you're denying Legion value from their power. And you can get a lot of resilience value. So on that note, I am going to go ahead and include Resilience as actually a counterpart for the Legion, because if you don't kill up and you constantly stay injured, Resilience is going to give you a massive boost to everything you do. And on that note, you can actually combine Spine Chill with that to know when the Legion is sprinting for you if you don't already hear the TR, but more importantly, to get your Vault Speed build, to get, uh, to get your Vault Speed build, because if you're constantly going to be injured, you're constantly going to have Resilience, then Spine Chill as well, so mid-chase you can get a Vault Speed bonus. Um... Yeah, with um, with Legion, I wouldn't really bother bringing in medkits. If you are going to have somebody who's like doing a mono heal build, then that's like that's really ballsy of them. But they're also going to be wasting a lot of time. So in the current meta, if you are going to try to heal against Legion, I would recommend that at least one person brings Boon and uh, Coh and. On that note, if you do bring a boon, I don't actually see a reason why you shouldn't bring a medkit. So, only bring a medkit if you have boon, because you shouldn't be healing against a legion unless they have thanatophobia. And, yeah, that's about it. Oh, also, one more thing. Um, the legion, when they use their power, a lot of them tend to, especially if you're, like, really close to the pallet, a lot of them would tend to bait out the pallet, especially if they have the eerie button because the area button will allow them to break the pallet as soon as they vault it. So if you know you're close to the pallet and the legion starts their power, or like while you're close to said pallet, bait it, right? Don't immediately drop it, you bait it. And then if you bait it hard enough, you might get an additional loop. And if you don't, it's going to be a standoff between yourself and the legion to see who breaks under the pressure first. And if you do get the stun off, well, congratulations. The legion loses their power and you get to, you get to uh, survive without getting injured. It's uh, very, very nice. With the Plague's ability to make you sick and broken, healing is impossible without a pool of devotion, but that just gives her her power. What is the best play here to counter her? So with Plague, a lot of the times, if you're going to be playing with a group, the best counter to Plague is to cleanse while everybody is injured and while everybody is sick. And then you are going, and then at that point, if you see that all the, um, if you see that all the fountains are used up except for one, it's important to note and to remember that as soon as all the fountains on the map get used up, after a couple seconds, they all get reset and the play gets her power for free. So how can you abuse this? Well, you can wait until you hear that the plague has her power to cleanse the final to cleanse the final fountain. That way, plague gets no value from the, the no value from the extra red puke, and you guys reset all your fountains. And on that note, I would say, especially at the start of the match, do not touch a generator if you're sick. Try to, if you are sick at the start of the match, um, try try not to touch any generators if you can help it. 
If you can help it, obviously go for it. But yeah, that's um that's about it. As far as being sick goes, I would just say, like I said before, wait until you're with your entire squad and wait until you guys are all sick and cleanse at the same time. Uh, the key is to reset all the fountains while the plague has her power up so that she doesn't get the value from you guys resetting all the fountains. As far as counters for plague go, um, again, resilience would be good because if you're going to be broken for a long period of time, you're going to be chasing for a long period of time. Excuse me. Resilience is going to bring you a lot of value because you're not going to get healed. You're going to be broken. And if you're going to be broken, then you're going to be doing a generator that you're already sick on. You might as well do it faster with resilience. Um, I was trying to think if there's anything that I missed in particular. Um, don't make yourself easy to hit with the puke. Um, hug the loop. But if you see that she's like maneuvering her puke to hit you, like as she's coming around the corner, don't hug the wall, curve out a little bit to the left, go right and then go right. Um, although if you do get hit by the puke, your sickness is, you becoming sick is inevitable. You can extend the time that you are not sick because typically speaking, a plague player will want to wait until you're completely broken to M1 you. But if you're sick and not broken yet, they're going to try to puke on you even more to get you into that broken, to get you into that broken state. So you can, um, you can do all sorts of little uh, weird, unpredictable movement around the loop to try to avoid taking in as much puke as you can. Because the longer you can last without getting hit by the puke, the more of the plague's time you're gonna waste and the longer your chase is gonna go on for. So to summarize, um, to summarize against the plague, if you guys are all, make sure you guys are all cleansing at the same time and cleanse the final fountain whenever she has her power. Uh, if you get sick at the start of the match, uh, try to avoid the generators. Try to be the one in, in chase. Ideally, you only want one person sick. If she has puked on the generator and you are sick, obviously feel free to start that gen. And bring resilience if you want to get some sort of advantage on her because if you're going to be broken, you might as well have a bonus when you are broken. So Ghostface, or Ghosty as he's normally called, is another M1 killer who can expose and down you. But if you know how to lube him, he is easy to evade. So what counters do you see for here? Ghostface obviously is another stealth killer. So like I say, Spinechill is king. But with Ghostface's update, it's more important than ever to keep an eye on. And Spinechill is more, is more stronger than ever against Ghostface. The main reason being is because if you can break him out before he exposes you, that's going to be huge. Because if you get exposed while he is, while he is stalking you, you're not going to be able to snap him out again right? Like he's going to be, he's going to be stealthed and you are essentially going to be running a loop against the stealth killer, which is already an immediate disadvantage for you as a survivor. So when playing against a ghost face, I would very much recommend stay on your toes. Keep watching that spine chill. Make sure that you're always looking around you and never make yourself an easy target to stalk because even because you're not going to be able to break that uh, break ghost face out of his stock once you get exposed. And on that note, if you guys play, are playing with a, in a swift, uh, make sure you're make sure you as a teammate you're always snapping out ghost face whenever you can. That's uh, that's something that's also very important. Demo can use his shred to hit survivors at range and make short work of pallets, but he can also portal around the map. What counters do you see for him? Demo is an interesting one because Demo is a comp killer, I would say. Demo is, has seen quite a bit of playing comp. 
Um, the strategy for competitive is a little bit different for pubs because in competitive, we don't typically cleanse portals. We let them hover around. We just progress generators regardless of portals or not. But on that note, um, against the Demogorgon, in a public match, cleansing portals is perfectly fine. So if you do see a portal and you know there's a chat, the best time to cleanse a portal is while the chase is happening. So if you know a chase is happening and it's relatively far away and the Demogorgon's hard coming to the chase, cleanse the portal. Uh, look at key spots around the map, such as mid, shack, uh, next to certain gens when there's one gen left. Look for portals around those areas and get rid of them as soon as you can because the less pressure he has, the better. Ideally, you're going to want one person working on gen and one person working on portal if there is a portal next to a generator. Just because it makes more sense to have somebody progressing the generator or one person um, breaking the portal as opposed to having everybody just hard stacking the portal because no gens are being done. You're wasting time at that point. Um, the other thing is that the Demogorgon has a very strong add-on that if my memory serves me correctly is goes by the name of Lep leprosy something i forget the exact name it's like i think it's like leprous lichen or something like that but it's what it does right it reveals the aura of all survivors once you go into your portals so if you know that the demogorgon that you're playing against is running that add-on you are going to need to call out as soon as he portals. So typically speaking, uh, Demogorgon is going to portal right after you, right after they get a hook. So if you guys are playing with a Swift again and you get you get uh, put on a hook, you're gonna want to calm. He's portaling immediately, and the survivors are gonna hop into the lockers just because that uh, that way you're not the killer is not gonna be able to see you with Leprous Lichen, and you can. Or leprosy lichen and you can actually you can pretty much essentially deny him that one add-on if he is running it but more moving on to more um more relevant things like looping demo is in the same category as billy in the sense that both killers will tend to rev up their ability before they round a corner just so they can get so they can use it faster and in that case you kind of want to run a demo as you would run a billy so you do want to pre-drop at times. If you know that the demo player you're playing against knows exactly when to time their shred, you might actually want to curve it out because unlike with Billy, you can't steer your dash mid-jump. Like once you uh, jump to a location, that, that place where you're going to jump. So if you hug a wall, if you know, if you've been hugging a wall for the past couple loops and the past couple chases and the demo Gorgon knows you've been looping the wall, try something different, right? Try instead of looping the wall, go right. Go away from the wall and oftentimes that'll be enough to get them to miss their uh, to miss their shred. Again, mind games are also help very much against any situation, but especially against the Demogorgon where if they miss their shred and they go into Narnia, the chase is pretty much gonna be over. It's going to be very huge. So when looping against the Gorgon, treat it kind of as like a Billy in the sense that you want to be ready to pre-drop and uh, try to mind game the shred whenever you can. After getting hit, you will drop blood. And this is where Oni gets his power from and can make him a very strong killer. So what do you see the best counters are for him? The biggest mistake that I see people make against Oni players is letting them get to as letting the Oni get a second hit after the first one. You got to understand that when you're playing against an Oni player, typically speaking, that first hit 
they're going to be going for blood, right? They're not going to be looking to down you. They don't care if they down you. What they care about is getting their power because that power is going to allow them to get massive pressure at the beginning. And if you take a very early, early hit on and that only continues to snowball, well, you're doomed. Like, there's nothing else to be done because as soon as you, as soon as he gets his power, he gets global gen pressure and you can push off all your teammates off the gens they're working on and potentially even get some downs. That being said, how do you avoid an inevitable situation with, get, with getting hit? Well, in comp, we there is something that we like to do that not a lot of teams, actually, surprisingly enough, do. So, against an Oni... What you're going to want to do is after you take the first M1, book it for a locker, right? And you may be thinking to yourself, well, why would I want to go for a locker? The chase is shorter, right? You want to extend the chase, not against an Oni, because the longer you extend a chase against an Oni, the more blood he gets. The more blood he gets, the closer he gets to his power, the closer. And then once he gets his power, if he gets it at five gens, it might as well be curtain call. Because if he finds anybody with his power at five gens and pushes them off and gets the down, that's going to be two downs because you're going to be on the hook and then the person who was on the other gen's on the hook. So you only have two healthy people up and running and you're not going to be able to finish a generator that fast. So my biggest tip, like the biggest counter that an Oni can possibly have, jump into the locker. Don't give them blood. It's that simple. You can deny Oni a power for their entire game if you just jump into lockers. And even better, right? Even better if you want to waste even more time, bring head on. Because as soon as you get the first hit, you're going to get a burst of speed. You run towards the locker and you jump in it immediately to avoid bleeding out constantly. And then as soon as they go for the grab, head on them, jump back in the locker. Just because... Head on them and jump back in the locker just because... Although going in, in and out of lockers gives blood, it's better than leaving a constant trail of blood behind you. And then, like I mentioned before, grabbing somebody out of a locker takes way longer than picking them up off the floor. So... You can burn a bunch of the Oni's time like that. So, in summary, after you take the first hit, if you are the first chase, immediately go for a locker. It doesn't matter that the chase is short. You want to deny the Oni the power as much as you can. Uh, if you want to run a perk to counter him, my best recommendations would be head on just for those locker plays. And... Uh, and honestly, uh, overcome as well. The perk that allows you to sprint farther away after you take a hit because that first hit if you take that first hit and there's no locker nearby overcome will help you get to a locker and that would be very 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 big oh also and on that note um if you are running a med kit then insta meds would probably be very strong and in general uh you want to heal up against an Oni. you want to heal as much as you can just because you don't want to be bleeding everywhere so bring your circle of healing this is the killer for who you want to bring circle of bring your circle of healing bring your botany knowledge bring your halloween lunchbox bring everything you have to heal because the less time you spend injured the better so that's going to do it for episode two i'd like to once again thank jamie for organizing all of this and yule for his great knowledge that he can share with us to help us deal with them killers and win some survivor games and also to thank you the listeners for helping make this possible don't forget to leave a rating on Spotify, a review on Apple, and any other such equivalent actions on our other platforms. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.